1: Thank you for joining us today. Bible scholar and attorney David Gibbs, legal counsel for Maranatha Bible Church, participated in a question and answer Bible study with Pastor Rander Draper. In his own words, attorney Gibbs likes to help people with real problems through the uncompromising application of God's word. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 teaches us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not our human finite understanding and to acknowledge him in all things as he directs our paths. Through application of this in all scripture, he serves as an advocate for Christ in all matters presented to him. Listen in as Attorney Gibbs and Pastor Draper engage in this thought-provoking biblical dialogue. Scriptures will be referenced, so keep pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in.
2: And by the way, we obviously stand in unity against any hate groups.
0: Amen.
2: But get ready. The definitions keep shifting.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And there are people in our country, as crazy as this would sound, that would try to brand this man of God or this church as a hate group. You say, wait, we don't hate anybody. We've never discriminated. What are you talking about? Because you preach, there's but one way to heaven. That is the message that's hated. Now, what worries me is lots of churches are drifting away from standing on that message. (laughs) There's a a doctrine, and I don't want to get too theological on you, but you might hear, you know, somebody says, we're Calvinists. Okay, and and there's some elements to Calvin that's not all bad. Mm -hmm. But here's the one problem with a hardcore Calvinist. They're fatalists. They believe whoever's going to get saved is going to get saved, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and let's go play golf. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's a lazy preacher's dream. I mean, the reality is... See, here's what I believe. Okay, and you all can disagree with me, but I'll just give you my perspective. I believe that this man of God said, I'm done with ministry. Doesn't mean he's a bad man, but I'm going to just go into business. I'm just going to try to make money. I'm just going to sell insurance or go do something else different, and that's what I'm going to go do. I believe, when he's called of God to do what he's supposed to be doing here, that there would be souls in hell for all eternity as the result of his disobedience. I believe there's going to be people in hell that you could have reached if you'd have been obedient to God himself. And that's a little bit of a heavy thought. No, you say okay. it. Okay, I mean, I, I don't want to, and I'm not trying to put you in a, a scared sense, but I, I believe your life has purpose and meaning. And if you obey God and speak up for him, you'll accomplish things for him. And if you disobey him and don't speak up for him, you'll see the result of that for all eternity. That's why ministry matters. That's why speak. That's why this church matters. We're doing something. We're doing the Lord's work. A hardcore Calvinist will be like, nah, 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 you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. The Bible says whosoever, but it really means just the elect. And it's interesting. I've never met a Calvinist that wasn't part of the elect. <laughs> They're kind of elite. You know, I've hit this level and I've, you know, I mean, I've had preachers come up to me and say, well, David, you know, the homosexuals are going to take over. It's going to wax worse and worse, and that's just the way it is. But I'm just going to hold on with my 50, and we'll just sit quiet, and we'll just have nice services. Uh, how many of you have that's turned into a country club?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The ministry of the church is not within the four walls. The ministry of the church is what we get out into the community.
1: Amen. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you for that. Those answers. Wow. Is it possible for the church to receive government assistance without compromising the Bible? I'm going to answer that slightly artfully. Okay.
2: (laughs) I guess anything is possible, but it's highly unlikely. Okay. And and why I'm saying that, I know the government always controls what it pays for. Okay. So if somebody says, well, you know, we could set up a, you know, preschool thing, get some government money and government pay for all this stuff. It would be great. Well, yeah, the money would be great. But all of a sudden they're going to say, okay, you've got to hire by government guidelines. You're not going to hire by church guidelines. So what you have to do is you have to compromise your rights as a church to hire and fire Christian people. And you'd have to hire a homosexual atheist if they were the most appropriate person. And so, yes, the government will always control what it pays for. So I encourage churches... To not look to the government as your source. Now, let me even go a little further. (laughs) The average citizen in America, not here, I'm not preaching at you, I'm just talking the average citizen in America, has replaced God with the government. Mm -hmm. Okay, now now, let me just tell you how it works.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, government, keep me safe. Don't want the terrorists to get me. Oh government, keep me well, I need health care. Oh government, train my kids, I need school. Oh government, look after me when I'm old. Oh government, I'm unemployed, I need some prosperity help and the and by the way, a lot of people look at what's going on in Washington. I mean it's almost we don't have a president, we have a high priest
0: <laughs>
2: I mean what am I going to get out of this <laughs> it's almost a little worshipful as i read my bible <laughs> we serve a god that raises up and tears down man and our god will share his glory with no man if I were to say to you, and I, I realize he's kind of crazy, but let's just say for a moment, <laughs> I could get you one hour with the President of the United States, one-on-one. You'd have a meeting in the Oval Office, tell him whatever you want to tell him. A lot of you would go, wow, that's quite an opportunity. I mean, I could at least input him, maybe he'd listen. I mean, you know, you get, and a lot of people would view, I mean, if I said, now you got to pay your own way, you got to get to Washington, you got to take time off work, a lot of you would go, wow, that's quite an opportunity. And you'd really think about it. May I suggest you have a greater opportunity tonight. You don't get to talk to the president. You get to talk to the God that made the president. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love and respect this man of God. And I think he's, again, I, I would call him a hero to me. I, I've watched him. He's the real deal. You know that. But you know what I rejoice in with our God? You don't need to go through him to get to the Father. That's right. That's right. What he's going to do is point you on your own to get to the Father. Amen. And you say, but I'm a new Christian, or I've been saved a long time. You know what? We've all got that direct access. We don't have to go to any man, any institution. And so just be careful. Again, I I work with the government. I'm in courts that are run by the government. I battle against the government. But be careful that you, even in your mind, as you hear all the barrage of Internet and television and education. Let's not replace our God with anything.
1: Wow. That's powerful. Uh, l- listen to this uh, as we wrap this up for enough- six minutes and we'll wrap this yeah, up. We're doing good. If you had a brand new beginning in ministry, what I
2: thought would you're you were going to say like a brand new car. I said, <laughs> oh, <uh-oh." laughs> yeah, okay. Brand new beginning.
1: All if right. you had a brand new beginning in ministry, what would you do differently with the knowledge and the experience in your walk with Lord that you have now? If you could start all over again, knowing what you know now, if you could start, and let's say say you're 22, and uh, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Saying this, loving
2: people, I would put way less confidence in people and way more confidence in God Himself. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, and I, I'm I'm confessing yeah, here, me too, Same here, we get too much validation off how people respond what they think of us, what they think of us, whether they're willing to help us, whether they like us. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't think you should intentionally be offensive, Mm -hmm. but you know, you have to view the praise of men as a gift from the Lord, if you get it, but here's the one little problem. It can become an idol Mm -hmm. and it can almost become a little addictive. And all of a sudden, the praise of men, I, I kind of want a little more of that. And then all of a sudden, you run into a situation where you got to take a tough decision or a right stand, and you got to praise your heavenly father, but people are going to be upset. And I would encourage my own heart, as David did when he was all alone and nobody wanted me around him, and his family's gone, and his guys wanted to kill him. And I would get much better at encouraging myself in the Lord. And saying, Lord, men can praise me, men can criticize me, but I'm going to today do everything I can
1: for your praise. Amen. What would you ask God if you could have anything you desired? Well, that's a good question. You know, I guess probably
2: because I have the Bible example. If God really came and said, what would you like? I would say, Lord, I would like more wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, and I I don't say that, that I'm in any way in Solomon's stead, because I'm certainly not. But, you know, that is something that far exceeds value in terms of uh, money or position or even influence. I mean, when you say, Lord, I want wisdom and and wisdom isn't just knowing the truth. You know, somebody says, I have knowledge. Uh, How many believe you can have knowledge, but wisdom's knowing how to use the truth. (laughs) And that's a little different dynamic. And so, I mean, being very transparent, the Lord's been good. I, I eat well, and I've got a nice suit. I feel good. I mean, so the Lord's blessed me with a lot of wonderful things. But if he took all that away and I had wisdom, mm. I'd say, Lord, I'm blessed. Mm. And yet you can have all sorts of things. I mean, and I'm, again, I'm not being political here, but let's just even use our president. A lot of people would say, well, look at all the money. He's a billionaire. Look at all the power. He's the leader of the free world. He's elected. You know, he's, he, he seems to, in the minds of the world, what more could he need? How many believe he could use a lot more wisdom?
1: <laughs> yeah. How would you like to be remembered?
2: As someone that lived to please his Lord and helped other people. You know, I I often say to folks, you know, because I I get in bad situations, I love your pastor, I love his church, I've been here for some of your annual meetings and celebrations and his anniversaries, and so I've had some blessed moments down here. But as a general rule, when I get involved in a church situation, it's not good. Mm -hmm. People don't call me and say, we just had 10 people trust Christ, we're growing, it's wonderful, just thought you should know. I get the phone call where the police are here, things aren't looking good, (laughs) They just cuffed our pastor, and he couldn't look happy. <laughs> So I, I live in that world, but what I would like to be known as is he wanted to please his Lord, and he had a heart to help other people. And when those pastors are in those bad situations, I say things, and I mean this: trials. And by the way, this applies to everybody here. Every situation you can be in, trials are for our making not our breaking.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Say that again. Mm-hmm. Trials are for our making, not our breaking. And then I tell folks, and I, I say this to y'all, I, I, again, I, don't, I hope nobody here has a problem, but I promise everybody here, if we talk long enough, has got a problem at some level. <laughs> we might grade them as big problems or little problems, but they're all problems. And by the way, my little problem to you might be a real big problem to me. But the bottom line is, when you go through something and you go through it all, at the end, you have a choice. And I don't judge people on the choice. I challenge them with the choice. Somebody says, you know, my spouse just died. I'm grieving. It's awful. Okay. Or I just had this horrible situation. I lost all my money. I'm in a bad spot. Okay. You can have a bad situation and you're grieving through it, but you got a choice to make. You can internally grieve. and Again, I don't judge it if you just say, you know what? I'm just gonna be at home. I'm gonna deal with this myself. I'm internalizing. It might be me and God, but I'm just, it's me. I'm gonna handle this. Okay, and that's one choice. I call that the internal option. But I always challenge folks to think about the external option. How can you take the pain of what you've gone through and help somebody else? And again, I, I don't judge you if you don't wanna do it. I understand, because when you go through pain, it's very personal. But I always challenge folks, whatever you've lived through, it takes a
1: lifetime to get a lifetime of experience. Thank you so much. You know, before I go, let's just go five minutes over. We got to. Okay, five minutes. Over. Y'all don't mind, do y'all? Y'all join this? Yeah, five, let's extend five. I want to hear from the, from the congregation. Maybe three burning questions that he can give a quick answer to. You say, man, I wish I wish Pastor would have asked this question, but he didn't ask this question. I sure wanted this question asked. And so I'm going to give three of you an opportunity to ask that question. What would it be from out there? Yes. In light of today's world, how does the Bible protect the church against the LGBT movement and claims of discrimination?
2: Well, number one, the Bible's pretty clear. on Number one, marriage. And by the way, I'm believe Genesis chapter 1 says it real well. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says, wait a minute, what about polygamy and all the different things in the Bible? Uh, remember, before sin entered into the world, God put a man and a woman. By the way, as their gender was determined at birth, <laughs> just so we keep that real clear. And said, my plan is for them to be married to each other. By the way, it was one at a time with God's plan being for a lifetime. Now, after sin entered into the world, we've had lots of deviations. So we kind of know what God's plan is for marriage, for sexuality, for other things. We know that from the book, okay? Doesn't mean people can't have sins or scars, but we know what God's plan is. Now, we're at a culture right now that wants to move away from all of that. And so I encourage that you have to stand on the book regardless of the consequences, now there could be some consequences. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a big one. I hope never. Tax exempt status mm-hmm. goes away. Now this property is beautiful. You, this area has boomed. I don't even want to guess what your taxes would be. But let's for a moment guess it would be tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, just the taxes. You church enough to pay that right now. But all of a sudden, if they come and say, "Okay, here's the Bible." You have to compromise what you believe on the Bible to keep the tax exemption. Or you have to start paying, let's just use numbers, 200,000 a year. Now, how many believe that's gonna be a hard moment for some churches? Because you're gonna have some folks go, well, pastor, is it good stewardship? Couldn't we lie to the government, keep our taxes down? I mean, what if
1: we did kind of a don't ask, don't tell? We won't really let them in, but we just say we let them in. And the bigger question is, could people still tithe? even though they don't get a tax write-off. Well, and let me put on the table,
2: how many believe the command to tithe wasn't for a tax benefit?
0: <laughs>
2: okay. I mean, they, they, it was never put in the Bible to say, hey, here's a little trick. You know, this will help you out when you feel you know, if you itemize, this will work your way. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, and let me say this, and I'm, I'm speaking candidly, a lot of working class folks, It won't make a difference because you probably don't itemize and you don't list out all the charity. We kind of take standard deduction, but now let's talk to the rich folks, the guy that can write the 50 or a hundred thousand dollar check one time to help with the building. And he goes, now pastor, I'll do this, but I need that receipt You say, sir, can't give it to you because we're standing on the book. I believe some of those wealthier folks and say, well, I'm gonna go over here to this more liberal church. I'll get my money over there where I can still get my receipt because I, I don't really want to give to God. I want to give to reduce my tax burden. And so I think we will see some challenges and I would just encourage you to, regardless of the consequence, I, I'll, I'll give you this thought, fundamental Christianity, and I'm not using that word real, just people that believe the book and stand up for the gospel, believe in Jesus has never thrived in times of prosperity. Mm-hmm. fundamental Christianity always thrives in times of adversity mm-hmm. and even persecution. I love your buildings. I love this campus. I hope you get to keep it till Jesus comes back. But you know, if we lost it all, how many would we still have a church? Amen. And so don't let the prosperity become your God. What are your thoughts on how Texas businesses can lose all this money in fines In regards to the bathroom bill now circulating. Number one, it's insane what we talk about as the issues of our day. Okay? My mother, she's in her mid-70s, great lady. She didn't know what a homosexual was until she was a senior in college, Kent State University up in Ohio, secular school. She was studying advanced psychology. The chapter was deviant behaviors. She'd grown up in a predominantly Catholic part of Cleveland, Ohio. And she's like, You telling me there's like men that get with men and women that get with women? That don't seem right. That's your deviant. (laughs) That was my mother. Okay? I grew up in a Christian home. Christian school, I was blessed to be fairly sheltered, probably seventh grade. You know, I'd kind of heard about gays and the, you know, and it was permeating its way into the culture. How many understand now we got our preschool to early elementary kids, they may not know what, you know, sexually is actually happening, but the terminology, the buzzwords, the understandings, I mean, you know, Caitlin Jenner, Bruce Jenner, I mean, you, you see what's in our culture right now. I mean, I was in a restaurant in rural North Carolina Sunday night, and this transgender person walks in and sits at the table, and they got a camera, and they're doing a documentary. I mean, this isn't a town with 10,000 people in North Carolina. You know, what's it like to live in the Bible Belt as a transgender person and they're interviewing them in the corner of the Ruby Tuesdays? I mean, you just would never see that. Um, The LGBTQ is out of the closet. I believe lots of Christians have climbed in. Mm -hmm. As we've grown quieter, the bizarreity has gotten louder. Now, back to the bathroom bill. A couple quick things. You are not a public building, you're not even a public accommodation. You can have whatever rules you want. Okay, so churches can, obviously, we want to be kind and where guests come in and, you know, but you can have men's restrooms, women's restrooms, you can have unit bathrooms where both can go in. I mean, it's your decision as a church. So you're not under these guidelines. But it's shocking to me that things that would have never been even discussed in mixed company. I'll give you one more example of how far times have changed. I was in a seventh grade. So this is a long time ago. I'm 48 as I stand here. Seventh grade, preaching competition. Okay, and you get your Bible, you got like six minutes. And at that age, six minutes is everything you know about the Bible twice. Okay, I mean, you get it out. (laughs) I mean, you're just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to fill six minutes. That's a long time. (laughs) And, man, I got buzzing and flying. I mean, I I was talking about stuff. And at some point, it just came to me, you know, and Mary was pregnant by God himself, and I'm preaching away. And I got marked off. They said, "Uh, Mr. Gibbs, you don't use the word pregnant when you're preaching. That's not a Bible term. You should use more. That's a crass term. You should talk about expecting or with child. We want to make sure our pulpits are dignified. Now, whether you agree with me getting marked off as a seventh grader or not, how many believe times have changed? (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about all forms of bizarrety, and it's unfortunate that even in our culture, these are the political issues of our day. Okay, gentlemen, behind last one, and we go. How do you handle when unbelievers try to discredit Christianity because of perceived sin or people that do not apply the Bible? For example, Joe Olstein not making his church available immediately after the flooding. Some people place more focus on people and what they do in the name of Christ instead of their position in Christ. Well, number one, and a great point, by the <laughs> way, and I, I want to touch on it. How many believe actions always have consequences? Mm-hmm. Now, this man of God is no Joel Osteen. I may mean, appreciate that fact. Okay. But the reality is we get lumped with everybody. And by the way, not just Christians. If I say Catholic priest, mm-hmm. typical American goes, well, those abusers. Now, now we're not Catholic and we're not here to criticize or to promote, but the reality is there's a lot of nice Catholic priests that do good work every day. They're not evil human beings. But because of the reputation of just a few, we all get lumped together. And they don't even talk about Catholic or Bible or Baptist or Protestant. I mean, we all get lumped together as clergy. So we get branded by the lunatics. We get branded by the cults. We get branded by the Catholics. We get branded by the rich televangelist that won't open his church. You know, I mean, you know, I think he was worried they were going to steal his hairspray. I don't know. Okay. God forbid you go on TV and you don't have a right. <laughs> you know, so oh. some poor homeless lady take his makeup. I don't know. You know. Okay. <laughs> oh my but, but, but here's the reality, and, and he's hit on it. How do we get away from being branded? And at some level, you can't. Okay. But I always move back towards individual accountability. You know, if I'm witnessing to Scott, who, by the way, is a great attorney, great Christian, but if I'm going to witness to that man, he goes, well, all these people I know, they seem like hypocrites. You know what? They're going to answer to God, and you're going to answer to God. And, Scott, I don't really care about them. I care about you. Can we talk about you? And when you get down to the individual, you can eliminate a lot of these. And, by the way, at work. You're going to work. You're a Christian. My boss is a jerk. My coworkers drive me crazy. You know what my Bible says? We do it heartily as unto the Lord. You might be blessed with great management. You might be blessed with morons. You might be blessed with delightful coworkers. You might be blessed with demon coworkers. But the reality is, you're responsible for you.
3: Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210 821 5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in next week as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you.